You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I can't tell you how jacked I am about today's show and about today's game. I mean, if you're an A's fan, this is what it is all about. And I'm seeing on Twitter, because I just retweeted A's cast, and we threw it out there about today's show, and someone says, awesome, first coverage of the A's on local airwaves today. That's right, this is where you go. This is where you want to listen to A's coverage, you come to A's cast, and you listen to A's cast all day long, you listen for the the pregame show, the game, the postgame show, Alex Jensen's report, A's all night on the game. This show that's live Monday through Friday, we're always on before the game. We have the best guest in the business. Today we have Buster Only from ESPN and Richard Justice from MLB.com. And, of course, Richard is stationed in Houston, so – He knows the Astros as good as anybody. For years, covered the Astros for the Houston Chronicle before he went national. But he's one of the top guys. You see him on the MLB Network. This is awesome. Are you kidding me? We got 16 games left. It's an absolute dogfight to the finish. This is what you live for as a baseball fan. You're taking on the mighty Astros who have the best record at home in Major League Baseball. And look how it sets up today. Isn't it fitting? Isn't it fitting that here you are trying to take three of four, just like you did last year. There was a set, I think, Joey, look that up. When it was last year, down the stretch, the A's went into Houston, they took three of four. And it wasn't for that nutty play between Lucroy and Bregman, the Athletics would have won, would have could have swept the series. And it's just so fitting, isn't it, that for the A's to get this done, for the A's to make a huge statement, and I can't wait to ask Buster only this. If the A's take three or four from the Astros as good as they were playing. How big of a message does that send around Major League Baseball down the stretch here the last couple weeks? You know, because listening to Buster's podcast, Baseball Tonight, you know, they'll they'll have the A's in the power rankings. It'll be 8th, it'll be ninth or 11th. They take three of four from the Astros. What are you looking at? Here's a team right now that's 56 and 19 at home. By far the best record in baseball, 56 and 19. And you take three or four from them, and Verlander pitched in the series, and Grinky pitched in the series. I hate to give you the numbers, but I will. And these numbers will make it even sweeter if the A's can pull off the victory today. Justin Verlander in his last 10 starts versus the A's. This includes the 2013 ALDS. Last 10, he's 8-0 with a 2.03 ERA. He's owned the A's. And these numbers don't even include 2012 postseason, where he dominated. 
Verlander is an animal amongst himself. He's 36 years old. And he has figured out legally how to remain a power pitcher. Not many guys have done this. In his no-hitter, his last pitch was a fastball at 97 miles an hour. That stuff that Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson, I mean, Clemens did it, but he's going to have a stain. To start getting into your late, your, your, your mid to late 30s and still be a power power pitcher. Verlander has allowed one run over his last three starts. That's incredible. That's 21 and a third innings pitch with 25 Ks. One run and three starts. He's holding opponents to a career best 166 average and a 212 on base percentage. These numbers are sick. But that's why if the Athletics can beat Justin Verlander today, maybe they don't beat him, but if they win a game that he pitches, it'll be amazing what that will do for the confidence down the stretch. And I know some of you butterflies out there that I that I talk to who are friends of mine, but I call them butterflies. Because sometimes they think I can be too critical after a loss. Every game counts the same. But right now, we're scoreboard watching, and you know exactly where you are. You can't lose to bad teams. You lose to bad teams, it really, really hurts. And it really, really hurts. Look at the Rays. Rays lost last night when they had a lead to Texas. A's are only a half game back now of them. The Rays, though, have won 11 of 13, while the Indians have won 7 of 10. The Athletics have won 7 of their last 9. Whoever buckles down the stretch here will not be in the wild card game. And someone who buckles maybe not as much as the as the last guy means you're going to be going on the road. Because what the eight, what we want, home game, one game playing. That's what it's all about for the athletics. Would love to have that game at home. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine how it would be rocking at the Coliseum? It would be like it was for Monday Night Football, the last Monday Night Football game at the Coliseum between the Raiders and the Broncos. I can tell you, it was deafening on the sidelines. That's what it will be like for this game, just like it was in Game 5 in 2012, just like it was in Game 5 in 2013. When you pack that place and get it rocking, it's like no other place. It's the Coliseum. Some of the greatest games, some of the greatest players in the history of Major League Baseball and the NFL have played in big games on that field. And when it's packed, it is so loud. That's why, the for me, it's like you, you, you went out. Why not? Very tough to do, but why not? Get that one-game playoff at the Coliseum. Buster Only is going to be joining us in moments, and the guy that we need to talk to him about, and we've talked a lot about him all year long. We got to talk to him about Marcus Simeon. I do got to get into, though, the breaking news in baseball, which it just it pains me. Shohei Otani is out for the rest of the season. And he's going to have surgery tomorrow to a, to address what's a bipartite patella. And you might say, Townie, what the heck? What is that? 
Yeah, I have no idea. Here's the definition. It means his left kneecap is made up right now of two bones instead of one. Recovery time is 8 to 12 weeks. So right now, if you go down you feel your kneecap, it's not two different bones, it's one. So it might be one of the reasons why he's been struggling down the stretch. I think he's been playing in a little bit of pain. So whether it's Tommy John, now it's the knee. I re- And even though he's an angel and I should hate him, I'm too big of a baseball fan. I, I think he is a freak. And last time we had on Mark Langston and the last time we had on Mark Gubazaw, former All-Stars, of course, Mark, Mark Langston, San Jose State great. They talk about this guy is just, it, it, it's amazing how athletic he is. You know, we sit here and talk about Trout and talk about all these other guys. He's probably the most athletic out of anybody in Major League Baseball. And 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 don't don't come at me like, oh, you're crazy. I'm not crazy. They believe he's just as fast as Mike Trout. He's 6'4. He's got unbelievable power. He's an ace pitcher. He's basically the Japanese Babe Ruth. I think someday we will see him pitching in the All-Star game and hitting in the All-Star game. That's how talented he is. We marveled at Bo Jackson being a pro bowler and an All-Star in the NFL and Major League Baseball. How about a guy who's starting as a position player and a pitcher in the All-Star game? That's how great his talent is. I just hope someday we get to see the full package. Because it it will amaze you. Coming up next, should Marcus Simeon really be looked at as an MVP candidate? Buster only's on the East Coast. They don't get to see Marcus on the East Coast like we do. I'm going to ask him about that. I'm going to ask, this is really a historic series. We got a lot to get into to one of the top names in Major League Baseball from ESPN Buster Only will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. What year did the A's move to Oakland? How many U.S. state capitals are named after presidents? Find out the answers to questions like these during Brainstormer Trivia Nights at bars and restaurants all across the Bay Area. Bring some friends and play trivia with us for a chance to win prizes galore. Brainstormer also hosts quiz dates, events just for singles, and we're now booking for corporate events and trivia nights at bars and restaurants. Visit Brainstormer.com to find quizzes near you and for more information about Brainstormer Trivia. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Want to give back to the community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. For a little over a dollar a day, you can attend every or any 2020 regular season A's home game with A's Access. That's right. The most flexible membership program in sports is back with increased access to the ballpark and even more benefits. As a member of A's Access, you'll receive general admission access to the entire ballpark for every regular season home game in addition to a seat plan. Plus, every game you'll receive 50% off concessions, $10 prepaid parking, and 25% off merchandise. If you sign up today, your benefits will start now for the remainder of the 2019 season, including $10 parking, ballpark access, and 25% off merchandise. Get your membership today for a chance to also purchase 2019 postseason tickets. Now is the time to join A's Access. 
Get started at athletics.com slash access. Athletics.com slash access. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. Remember, we're using millennial technology. Actually, since Commander Cody is not here, we're actually using Gen Z technology. Because the Italian stallion, Joey, is 21 years old. He's too young to be a millennial. And what's interesting about Joey is that he scoffs at millennials. Like, 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 like Gen Z is looking up at millennials going, no, 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 no. We're not those guys. We're not those. Right, Joey? I don't know if I scoff, but yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, you, you, you do not <laughs> want to be classified. So you're going to hear, we're, we're going to call Buster only right now. You'll hear the dial tone. And if he doesn't pick up, we'll leave him a message. You like that? You never heard this in radio. Hello? Buster, how you doing? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? Good to talk with you again. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's always an honor to have you on the program. You know, your podcast is is second to none. I tell people all the time on this show, Baseball Tonight is, is a must listen. It's by far the most comprehensive, basically one hour of radio. If you're a baseball fan, I mean, you guys got to love what you're doing there because it's truly special. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I have a lot of a lot of fun putting it together every day, and and you know, getting uh, just uh, going through all the news of the day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've actually gotten to know Sarah Langs because of the podcast. We bring her on the show all the time, and she's constantly researching for us. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's second. End. And the cool thing about this Buster is we're the only team in baseball right now allowed to do this. So we have a streaming station that's twenty four seven, and we have this live talk show. And really, this is the future of baseball. And all these teams coming in, they always, they all know, like, you know, there's something going on in Oakland. And we got a lot of people coming to us going, how are you doing it? And a lot of teams are like going, we're going to copy this. But right now, baseball is allowing us to be the only ones to do it. So it's really a cool thing what we're trying to do here with the A's. Yeah, well, congratulations. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, it, it feels like the great, you know, the discussions you're having and the discussions that we're having on the podcast I mean, that to me is clearly the direction of broadcasting where you just have conversations and it's authentic and it doesn't seem scripted and you can get into some things maybe a little bit deeper than like when I do SportsCenter sometimes, I know that I've got 20 seconds to give an answer. So I better come up with a declarative sentence (laughs) and one punchy remark, but it's not as fun. That's not as fun, certainly, as just being able to have a conversation about baseball. You know, for the A's, they got 16 games left. We'll get into this historic series because it's been absolutely crazy. But just talk about the American League wild card race between the Rays, the A's, and the Indians. Man, this is just a sprint to the finish line. It, it really is. Uh, and three small market teams with facing their various challenges. You know, uh, the fact that, I mean, Cleveland, uh, having traded Trevor Bauer, having lost Corey Kluber, having lost Carlos Carrasco to injury, and yet still finding a way. And, you know, Tampa Bay, to me, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, I thought they were they were done. When they lost Blake Snell after lo- losing Tyler Glass now before that, I thought they were done, and, you know, their success is remarkable. And Oakland just doing what Oakland does, <laughs> right? We know that about May 30th every year, it's like uh, in the organization, it's like, okay, we figured it out. We got the pieces we want. We'll move forward. And now to have these, uh, you know, two young pitchers, uh, well, I don't know if you want to call Shamanaya young, but to have these two guys potentially inject their, added to their pitching staff at the end of the year makes them more dangerous, I think, as you go down the stretch and into the postseason. And I just think it's fitting today that the A's are trying to take three of four, and our old nemesis is on the mound, Justin Verlander. His last 10 starts against the Athletics, he's 8-0 with a 2.03 ERA, and that includes the playoffs. If the A's are able to take three out of four in Houston, how will that change your power rankings for the athletics? Well, um, look, I think that they are the most dangerous of the three teams. Uh, To me, as I mentioned, I think the Rays have so much to overcome. 
Uh, Cleveland, the issues with their staff, the loss of Jose Ramirez, having Manaya back, uh, having Lazardo now demonstrate last night just how good he can be, uh, and you know the, the everyday lineup and having some stability there. To me, that would be the team. If you're the Yankees, you're the Astros, and you're going to have the best record in the American League. That's the wild card team that you wouldn't want to face. You know, you look at this series. First game's fifteen nothing. Second game's twenty-one to seven. I mean, it looks like a football score. And then the A's, a regular game yesterday, where they they beat the Astros five to three. But just what do you think about this crazy series? Then you can throw on the fact that the Astros won on Sunday, twenty-one to one. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Um, and, and you know, I. You, it shows that the funny thing about it is, is that when you're around, uh, you know, small market teams, when they face the big dogs in their division, uh, they're not daunted because they, they get to see these teams all the time. You know, I see that with the Rays when they play the Yankees. They're, they're not in awe of them, I think, the way that uh, maybe teams in other divisions are. And so it, in that sense, I don't think it was a surprise that they punched right back that after getting blown out on Monday and after Houston, you know, put up 21 runs on Sunday. And at that point we're saying, boy, Houston, this it looks like it's gearing up to be the clear world series favorite for them to go out and beat up Wade Miley the way they did. That was impressive. I, you know, I understand a lot of voters on the East coast don't get to see our games. I mean, bottom line, we don't start till seven, uh, 10 Oh seven, your guys time. But Marcus Simeon right now is third in the American yep. league in war. He's got 28 home runs, 81 RBIs. He scored 109 runs. He's playing shortstop every single day at a high level. I know he's not going to get the MVP, but wouldn't you agree he should get a lot of votes? Top 10 votes for sure. And and I can remember, you know, after his first year with the Athletics, having conversations with David Forst about uh, Marcus. Because when you have that sort of an error total, you know, you could understand why people might be skeptical about whether or not that player is going to advance and become a, a viable option. Uh, but David talked about how uh, Ron Washington believed in him, and he talked about how they believed in his work ethic, and they really thought that he would get better, and that they were just things that they thought uh, tangibly uh, that he could make adjustments and improve. And that's what we've seen. Now, I think Mike Trout's going to win the award. To me, he's far and away the most valuable player, the best player in baseball. Uh, you know, DJ LeMahieu, I think, is going to be in the conversation. Uh, Alex Bregman of the Astros will certainly get a lot of top three, top four votes. But you're right, Marcus Simeon, to me, is in the conversation for top ten. Well, it finally happened yesterday. Jonathan VR. It was kind of fitting that the team that's giving up the most home runs actually helped set the record for most home runs in a season. Um, you know, the ball. It, it, everybody's talking about the ball. I know you guys address it on the podcast. I mean, this this record amount of home runs in every category. What do you think baseball does at the end of the year? Yeah, what Oakland's got seven guys with twenty or more. Yep, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, it's a fascinating question because all summer when I've been talking with executives about, okay, how do you adjust your evaluations based on the explosion of the numbers? You know, they've essentially acknowledged that you don't, you can't take at fate value that the type of home run numbers we're seeing put up in 2014, there were a total of 57 guys at 20 or more homers. And this year it's going to be something in the range of 130 to 140. Uh, which is insane. And what Justin Verlander said uh, at the All-Star break in terms of it being a joke, it kind of is. Like, it, it, it obliterates numbers in a way that uh, it didn't even happen during the, the steroid era. And so it is going to be an interesting question. What you, you know, Right now, Rob Manfred has acknowledged that the baseball is different, and he's got his group of scientists who are looking at them, uh, and they're going to make a report back to Rob but then the question is, at that point, what does baseball do? If they get word back, yes, the ball is different. Yes, it's more aerodynamic. Yes, it's flying in a way that we haven't seen before. The seams are lower. Then if you're Tony Clark, if you're Rob Manfred, what product do you want? Because I can tell you this. There are a generation of hitters who've made all these swing adjustments to get the high velocity, and they're putting up big numbers. They don't, they're not going to want to hear about the ball being deadened. Uh, and it does raise the question about the baseball, 
who's to say exactly what the baseball is supposed to be? Is it when Justin Verlander likes it? Is it like when Mike Trout or Cody Bellinger likes it or Marcus Semien likes it? And I don't think that's uh, that's been determined yet. It'll be an, a really interesting uh, interesting to see what the union's perspective is on it because for Tony Clark, it'd be like choosing between children. Either you pick the hitters or you pick the pitchers, the direction you go. Yeah, it reminds me of golf when basically the ball was flying so far that the PGA Tour and the USGA had to go to Titleist and the other companies say, hey, you need to dial it back, you know? I mean, it's like it's like we're playing with a pro V1, for God's sakes, and I start thinking about, okay, the numbers are one thing, but when it starts affecting these teams when it comes to contracts, when it comes yep. to free agency and arbitration, is that when they're going to realize, whoa, wait a minute, we're having to pay people more money because of their numbers? Maybe that's when they decide we need to scale it back. I, I agree with that in theory, but I will tell you this, and, and uh, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple of players. I actually don't think you'll see the, the, the trickle-down go to the players in that way because when you have 130, 140 guys at 20 more homers, then teams aren't going to be as willing to pay for power. We started to get a sense of that in recent years anyway, as the home run numbers have exploded. You remember when Chris Carter uh, led the National League in home runs, and then he was non-tendered by the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I thought that, uh, you know, from afar, and I haven't asked Chris about this, but I think that that direction, the fact that teams weren't willing to pay big sluggers anymore, probably spurred Chris Davis to talk in spring training about how He'd like a contract because he's aware of the recent history. Uh, And I do think with all these guys putting up big numbers, if you're a free agent and you're saying, hey, I look at my resume, I hit 30 homers this year, teams I think are more likely to shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, no, price isn't right. We'll go find somebody else because there's a lot of guys who hit 30 homers. You know, on your podcast and also on ESPN.com, you guys have done a great job of breaking down bullpens and there's more bullpen usage, and these bullpens are just failing. They're getting chewed up and spit out. Where do you think we go after this season? Do you think teams are going to want to get now go back to getting more innings from their starters? How, how, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah, the pendulum is swinging. You know, where 15 years ago, the goal of lineups going into a given start was let's build up the starters' pitch count to get them out of the game so we can get to the soft underbelly of the opponent, which is, you know, the eighth or ninth pitcher, the the fourth or fifth reliever. Uh, And then the last few years, teams uh, looked at analytics and decided, you know what? We're going to get the starting pitcher out before they face a lineup third time through. It's better to have a reliever throwing as hard as he possibly can uh, for one inning, and we see an advantage in that. But then as Sal Fasano, the coach for the Braves, said to me in spring training, the hitters are going to have revenge because they made their adjustments, and they began to get the fastballs at the top of the zone plus the baseballs. And you're right. Relief performance has dipped dramatically this year. We've seen a spike in injuries, and yes, I do think that you're going to start to see teams, uh, you know, work back. I think the athletics have been a great example of that. Where last year they were so heavily reliant on their bullpen, but this year uh, it really has demonstrated the volatility of the relievers and who who really have been the backbone of their pitching success this year. A relatively stable rotation. Let's end on this. Buster only, you need to pick a favorite to win the World Series, and you need to pick a dark horse. Who would those two teams be? You know what? Uh, Among a lot of other stupid picks I've made in my life, uh, back in January I picked the Astros to win the World Series over the Atlanta Braves. And I will stick with that. I think Atlanta's more dangerous than what they're being given credit for. And uh, they may be the team that actually knocks off the Dodgers in the National League uh, playoffs. And maybe they're the team that beats the Astros. Buster, you're the best. We promote the podcast all the time. We talk about it. Your content is second to none. Of course, we love reading you on ESPN.com. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The great Buster only from ESPN. How good was that? I'm sorry. His podcast, I, I listen to it every day. Remember, a good host always steals from other people. Always remember that. You got you got you got to realize that the MLB Network, ESPN, they all have far bigger research staffs than I do. 
but it's it, it it the key for me is to make sure I keep my my ears open and my ears to the ground and follow what all these guys are doing because they come up with some of the great nuggets that I try and provide on this show that I try to provide on my hits during the broadcast at the end of the third, at the end of the fifth. But they got a passion for the game, and that's why I love listening to his show because his guests are great. There's great knowledge on it. So, And if you're a commuter, first of all, first of all if you're a commuter, you should be listening to A's Cast Live, and you should be listening to A's Cast. But it's okay for one hour to break away from us and listen to Buster's podcast because it really is that good. All right, coming up next, there's a couple things that he addressed that we need to talk about right here on A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com to get started. When you become a 2020 member of A's Access, you can start enjoying your benefits today. As the A's push toward the postseason for the second straight season, you'll receive $10 prepaid parking, general admission access to the ballpark, and 50% off concessions when you join A's Access. That's right. Starting at $33 a month for 12 months, you get access to every swing, every catch, and every game for the 2020 season, as well as the rest of the 2019 season. All A's Access memberships come with our widely popular discounts, 50% off concessions, 25% off merchandise, and $10 prepaid parking. Plus, you'll get general admission access to every game. The process is simple. Just visit athletics.com slash access and get started building the membership that works for you. A's Access. All swings, no strings. Visit athletics.com slash access today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Richard Justice is going to join us coming up here at 345. And then before you know it, we're getting you ready for A's baseball. Joey, I asked you to find me what time of year it was last year. See, what I like to do is throw this stuff out there so they research it and I don't have to. What was uh, what time of the year was it last year when the A's took three or four from the Astros in Houston? It was in July. It was July. It was July. Yeah, it was July tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. Or I'm sorry, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and ninth. Sorry, I'm skipping. God, I thought, yeah, I thought it was way later than that. No, they went back to Houston and dropped two of three later in the year. Well, that's what happens when you work every game. You just kind of, they all kind of get lumped together. Thank you very much, Italian Stallion. So they've, they, they have shown they can do this. But Buster's right. You know, these teams are all kind of similar now. I think the A's and Rays are mirror images of each other. And that's on and off the field. When you start thinking about the A's and their issues... And you start thinking about the Rays and their issues. It's 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 like looking in a mirror. They both need new ballparks. 
They both have struggled in their journey, multiple struggles. I mean, both of them have have looked to move from where they are. Couldn't get it done. You know, at one point, you would have put the Rays ahead of the A's when it came to getting a new ballpark. But here comes Dave Cavill and Chris Giles, and that's changed for the A's, and there's been major setbacks for the Rays. You know, I learned something when I was back in Tampa. Well, actually, St. Petersburg with the A's. Is that the team needs to be in Tampa, not St. Petersburg. Two different places. I didn't know much about it. But now I do. So St. Petersburg, it's nice. You know, it's a little beach town in Florida. They have some cool restaurants, some cool spots. But it doesn't have a lot of people. The place they need to be is Tampa. Because Tampa people don't like coming over. I, I never got to see the bridge. But there's some bridge. I guess it's heavily congested. And people don't like coming over to St. Petersburg. Because the hockey team, they Tampa's the Lightning, they sell out every game. They don't have a problem with attendance at the Buccaneers games. So everybody there is like, well, they need to they they need to put the team in Tampa. And if they did that, now you're drawing from a much bigger, much bigger area and populated uh, population. But of course, like everywhere else. If you didn't get into the have the taxpayers pay for your stadium sweepstakes. Because look at all the, you know, the majority of these new ballparks in Major League Baseball, they were built with tax dollars. They weren't privately financed. If you didn't get on that years ago, you got caught holding the bag. And now you, the franchise, you got to pay for it. And Tampa, like Oakland, they're not going to pay for a new stadium. So luckily, we've got an owner and we've got a president who are going to make that happen for us here. I don't think it's going to happen there. So basically, you've got to be innovative. You've got to be able to take risks. That's two things the A's and the Rays do. The front offices all these years, you know, because they've had turnover. But they're not afraid. They're not afraid to make mistakes. They're not afraid to do deals where all of a sudden the deal didn't work. Well, you know, hey, we're trying to do everything we can to win. Because we can't go out and write that big check to a bunch of different players. So we got to find ways to win doing it our way. If you go back to the movie Moneyball and Brad Pitt, and he says, if we play like the Yankees in here, we will get beat by the Yankees out there. And what he means is that room with all the scouts. and You got to do things differently. You got to beat them in a different way. And what you need to do is you got to be able to find diamonds in the rough. You got to be able to scout other people's organizations. You got to draft well. Player development is the number one thing now. Sandy Alderson said yesterday on the MLB Network that the teams that can develop and have cash will be super teams and they'll be unbeatable. He said it very similar to that. I don't remember the exact wording. Think about that. And who is that right now? It's the Astros. The Astros are all about development. They've done killer in the draft. They're able to take other people's players, bring them in, and they make them better. They made Verlander better. They made Garrett Cole better. They drafted Bregman. They drafted Correa. They signed Altuve when no one else would sign him. That's why they're so good, and they got money. Jim Crane, I have no idea what business Jim Crane is in. 
the owner of the Astros. All I know is he's rich. And he's will he's willing to spend. I'm gonna look him up real quick. He's willing to spend money. Da, 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 da. Oh, he's an energy guy. Oh, he's an energy. He's in shipping. Why, why, why didn't I get into this? As much as I like doing A's cast and A's cast live, uh, I think I'd much rather be a, a multi-billionaire and own a team. No, I, ha- I wanted to get in radio and TV. Why would I want to get a business degree and be a billionaire? Ugh. Kids, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, a lot of you are out of school right now. And if you're listening on your phone, take advice from Uncle Townie. Go get a business degree. You can always get into broadcasting. Kids come up to me all the time. I, I want to I do talk radio. That's fine. Follow your dreams. But first of all, first of all get a business degree. Minor in whatever. Journalism. Like at San Jose State, I did radio, television, and film. But get a business degree because then that can help you. Then you can buy your own network and do whatever the heck you want with your own podcast or whatever. I look at poor Joey. Oh, the Cronkite School at ASU. You should have got a business degree, for God's <laughs> sakes. Cronkite's great. Wait, yeah, I'm sure it is. It's great. Is it going to make you a billion dollars? Yeah. Why not? Sure it is. Well, Ace, Ace Cast will make you a billion dollars. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll go to Houston. A.J. Hinch said it. Remember, he said it earlier this year. If this one, if there's one team I fear, that team is the Oakland Athletics. How are the people in Houston feeling about this series as the A's are looking to take three of four? And if they beat Verlander, oh, God, it'll be so good. We'll talk about it right here on A's Cast Live. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's the chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. New year, new perks, same great value. The most flexible membership program in sports is back with even more benefits. 50% off concessions, $10 prepaid parking, 25% off merchandise, and increased access to the ballpark. Become a member today and unlock your access benefits for the remainder of the 2019 season. In addition to all of 2020, sign up today by visiting athletics.com slash access. Athletics.com slash access. Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. Now back to A's cast live. Broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Coming up here in moments, we're going to talk to Richard Justice. Astros are tough to beat at home, 56-19, and 19, the best record in baseball at home. How about Sean Murphy? Sean Murphy, he's everything is advertised. You're talking about a big catcher who's super athletic. And he has started his career going 6 of 17. That's a 353 average with four home runs. He has homered three times over the last two games. You know, folks, and old broadcasters do this all the time, and it it really drives me nuts. 
I can't believe this guy's having success. This is the big leagues. This whole it's the big leagues thing drives me nuts. These kids are coming up more prepared than ever before. Look at the rookie records that keep falling. Aaron Judge just set the rookie record for home runs. Uh, the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, is looking to break that. Sum up, Joey. I'm saying we're ready to call Richard. Since we had, All right. You're going to hear go the ahead. dial tone. Go for it. All right. Let's go. But these kids, they're coming up ready to compete. There's no more of this. We're, we're, we're oh, my God, we're in the big leagues and we're scared. Richard. Hello? Richard, how are you hey. doing? It's Chris. It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's. How are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You know, I was just talking about this before you came on. You know, the, the old school broadcasters always like to talk about how young guys, you know, they, they get up to the big leagues and it's like, oh, my God, they're in the, their big league moments. But, you know, what we're seeing lately with these young players and I was just talking about Sean Murphy and what he's done so far and in, 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 his quick time here in the big leagues, he's hitting 353, four home runs, three home runs in the last two games against the Astros. These kids come up, and they're ready to play. They're not only ready to play, they're ready to compete at the highest level. Talk about how these young guys, the way they're coming up, and they're impact players right out of the gate. They are, and I think it goes back to player development. I think the book on player development has been completely rewritten the last seven years. It began when Bryce Harper came up in 2012. That first year, 2012, he wasn't a great player. But there was never a moment where you looked at him and said, he needs to go back to the minor league. And I think what changed is teams did the data, and the data shows your peak performance year as a player is age 27. So why waste those years? The other part is um, they put players in they, – they figured out that if a player has the talent, if we're right in our assessment of the talent, then we will put him in a nurturing environment and uh, we'll put him in a teaching environment, and the talent will take over. You know, it doesn't always work out, but if you look at the number of young 25 and under players, it's amazing. And what happens is a guy like Murphy looks around and sees his peers that have had success, the guys he played with and against in the minor leagues, and he thinks, well, if they can do it, I can do it. It's, it's perpetuating, and what's going to happen is it's only going to increase. You're going to start looking at guys, at 22, is like, okay, when is he coming up? When is he coming up? Because that, that's the new normal. Now, you know, the other side of that is players are accustomed to getting paid when they're 29 and 30 and 31. That's now, as Farhan Zaidi said uh, a month ago, he said, for uh, 25 years of free agency, we paid guys based on what they had done. He goes, now we look at it as we're paying them for what we think they're going to do, and that's going to lead to a whole other conversation about the compensation system. Yeah, there's no question about that. I, I rather pay guys when they're young and, and they're productive than an older guy. And it, I, I hope it changed because I, you know, I want to see, I want to see players get theirs. There's no question about it. And you talk about development. No one's doing it better than the Astros. And Sandy Alderson recently said on the MLB network that the scary teams are going to be the teams that, are, that have money and can do development. The Astros have done well in the draft. The Astros have done well of taking other people's players and making them better. Just talk about how the Astros have built themselves, and they're going to be a power for years to come. Well, it, you know, it's painful what they went through. They lost 100 games three years in a row. Uh, along the way, though, you draft George Springer, Carlos Correa, Lance McCullers. Um, and, you, you know, you just you, you build from within. You build something sustainable. I think what gets lost uh, is that, the the amount of money spent on infrastructure. I saw maybe Ken Rosenthal or somebody wrote, that's the great arms race now, is billing in data, data analysts, and all that. When rumors surfaced two off-seasons ago that Garrett Cole was coming to the Astros, Charlie Morton sent him a text message and said, man, you are going to like it here. And if you ask any of those guys, Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, why did you have more success with Houston than, than other places? And he said, it's just, they sit you down at well, – Ryan Presley, the eighth-inning guy who's on the injured list right now, said they put me in a room with analysts, with coaches, and they started throwing stuff on a PowerPoint. And I said, I don't know everything you're telling me. Just tell me what to throw, when to throw it, and where to throw it. And that's it. It's just a matter of maximizing each guy's talent. And you know, like a Verlander, 
had, would tell you it's been a great help to him. I think what A.J. Hinch would say, though, is don't don't sell Verlander and Garrett Cole and Ryan Presley. Don't sell those guys short. It's their ability to do it. And, and the, only, the only thing the Astros are doing are giving them a little information. We're in the information age. David Stearns, the GM of the Brewers, said uh, we have an avalanche of information right now. What we're still trying to figure out is how do we get it to the players? How much do we tell the players to still allow them to go out and compete with an uncluttered mind? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, how much do you give each guy? Because each guy is different and how you deal with each guy. But there's no doubt. Right. The yeah, Astros- let me tell you what the Dodgers do is they just have uh, analysts uh, available. Like, do you have a question? Uh, ask me anything you need to know. And they're, they're available all the time. And you'll see guys, you'll see teams now, players looking at iPads during games, studying where a guy throws. Uh, I, I saw a story, Tim Flannery, you, you know, used to be third base coach yep. of the Padres and Giants. He said uh, there was a, there was, I think this might've been a documentary that I saw, maybe not from Flant, but he said uh, uh, there was a suspended game. There's a runner on second, Gwen at the plate, and as they're walking off the field, you know, they're going to come back and play tomorrow. <laughs> Gwen tells him, um, says, uh, hey, you be ready. That guy's going to throw me a first pitch slider. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it in the alley, and we're we're gonna take the lead back. And and he, you know, Flannery was amazed. He said he knew what he was gonna throw before the pitcher knew what he was gonna throw. <laughs> and that's sort of the Malcolm Gladwell, you know, bling thing. But what you do is what you're able to do with the data is, you, you know, not every player is gonna have the genius of a Tony Gwynn, and so you can quantify that information. If the Athletics can take down Verlander and the Astros today and they take three or four from the team that has the best record at home, what will that mean? And is that a big shot across the bow to the Houston Astros if the A's can pull this off? I think if you look at Tampa Bay and you look at Oakland, uh, the two teams, I you know, Cleveland's in that mix too, but two of those three teams will be in the, the, the uh, wild card game. Uh, you don't want to play them in the postseason. You don't want to play – I mean – Tampa Bay's bullpen is as good a bullpen as you will ever see in terms of velocity and nastiness and depth. And Oakland is at a, is playing at high level now. That the same way there's confidence in that rotation. And what do they have? Six guys, seven guys in the rotation right now. And when you have a lineup like they have, and and just make you pay. You know they've already won three. They won three out of four from the Astros. You know what was it three or four weeks ago? So the Astros know what they're getting. I, th- I just think it's a reminder that when you get to the postseason, all the teams are bunched so closely together that every game's going to come down to one or two plays. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at three super teams, but the one thing you see about the three super teams and the Astros, the Yankees, and the Dodgers is that they don't have the best bullpens, and I wonder how that really is going to work out in the postseason. Yeah, I'm working on a piece for the weekend on bullpen nervousness factor. Who's the most nervous about their bullpen? The Indians don't know about their, the status of their closer. Obviously, the Dodgers, uh, Kenley Jansen has had had some struggles. You know, the, the Mets, the Mets are on this 12 and one run, and and their rotation's been just what you would think. I think a ERA of about two two, but the bullpen ERA is about seven. So there's a lot a lot of angst about that. You know, the Atlanta has remade its bullpen. Washington his remade his bullpen. So as we go into the postseason, who feels great about their bullpen? Probably Tampa Bay, probably Milwaukee, the Yankees, maybe the Cardinals, um, you know, everybody else. The Astros are waiting to get their eighth inning guy back. Ryan Presley, who was such a big part of what they've done. Their closer hasn't been very good. Uh, Roberto Asuna since the All-Star break. I, one, uh, one executive described bullpens as volatile stocks. They're up and they're down. You better hope when you get to the postseason, they're, they're up. The last two champions didn't have any faith in their bullpens, and we saw both the Red Sox and Astros uh, use their starters and, and interchangeably with their relievers. You know, you mentioned the Mets. And the Mets, at one point this year, you thought their manager and their new GM were not going to make it through the year. Then they got hot all of a sudden. Then they fell back. Here they are again. They've won four in a row. Seven, they're 7-3 seven and three in their last 10. They're just two games back. What an insane year for the New York Mets. I sort of think it's, um, a, you know, a return to normal. I mean, when you have that rotation, 
you should be really good. And now they've got Robbie Cano back in there. You know, their bullpen is still a hot mess a lot of nights. But Todd Frazier's hot. Pete Alonso is a – I mean, he is a, a kind of player that can change a postseason series. This other kid, Jeff McNeil, is playing well. They're a very dangerous team. But, it, but it, you know, it's not that complicated. It begins with the fact that with uh, Syndergaard and Matz and, and Wheeler – that they uh, that they they get they have they set a tone at the beginning of the game with their rotation. You know, we've been talking on this show about the Dodgers and their dominance. No one had ever won the West six straight years. Now they've done it for seven straight years. And of course, the West back in the day. I mean, when I was growing up, how crazy it was. You had Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Houston in the West, but. Uh, the Dodgers have been dominant, but they haven't won it. At what point are you looking at, hey, great success, but, you know, you you, you got to put a ring on the finger because they haven't done that since they beat the A's in 88. Yeah, you know, and the, the, the team has changed so much over the evolution of this thing. I, I don't think – and I think if you're asking, you know, a, a kid like Matt Beatty, he's not, he's not aware of what happened seven years ago or Cody Bellinger's not aware – but it does begin to play in the hearts and minds of fans and all of that. When the Braves finished first 14 years in a row, it was just an amazing experience, but they only won World Series. That was the thing, a mantra uh, among Braves fans. You have underachieved, and it got so bad that uh, John Sherrill, the, the, the general manager, would have, a, would have his baseball people call them all together every spring and have a toast and go, just to remind you guys, you're doing what's never been done. Nobody's ever finished first 14 years in a row. So you have to deal with that. And if you keep getting back there, you're eventually going to win. This is a this team is very deep. The rotation is very deep. They have a great mixture of veterans and kids. Uh, you know, they do the bullpen is pitching great. What they're not so confident in is the ninth inning. I sort of think if you don't have the ninth inning taken care of, you don't have the bullpen taken care of. But you know, they they're there are oxes to gore there. I mean, Clayton Kershaw. He's going to always say, I've got some unfinished business until I take that last step. And the Dodgers as an organization obviously feel that way. Staying in Southern California, the season is over for Shohei Otani. He's going to have surgery on his kneecap. Right now, the bone's in two when it's supposed to be in one. And, you know, when on this show recently, we had Mark Langston. We had Mark Gubazaw talking to them about the greatness that is Shohei Otani. I mean, this this guy could be the best athlete in all of baseball. He's 6'4". He's as fast, they think, as Mike Trout. He's got ace-like stuff as a starting pitcher. But, of course, Tommy John, now the knee problem. Do you think we will ever see a healthy Shohei Otani? And if that's the case, I wonder, could he be the first guy that we ever see in baseball who hits in an all-star game and pitches in the exact same all-star game? You know, he could be that guy. Two springs ago, we were all going, every team was looking for a guy that could pitch and hit in a, in a, a Ben Zobris super utility role. Um, and what scouts would say is, I think maybe you're looking for the wrong thing. Shohei Otani may be just enough of a talented, uh, of a once-in-a-lifetime talent that there just may not be anybody like that. Now, everybody is still looking for that guy that can – pitching inning and, and pinch hit and all of that. This guy's just different because if you see him at his best when he's pitching, he has a couple of pitches that are unhittable. And his power, I mean, he 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 has bat speed that's through the roof. I think maybe he may be just one of those guys that we don't see very often. Hopefully he's able to get healthy and stay healthy. Their plan, I think, next year is to have him pitch once a week and DH three times a week and see where it goes. Hopefully he can stay healthy because he's amazing. Because we know what Ichiro did for the game. If you right. have a guy that's pitching, I mean, not only not only have him in that all-star game doing both, but also put him in home run derby because his power is amazing. How great would that be internationally for baseball? Oh, it, it would be fabulous. At a time when you're trying to grow the game to every corner of the globe, um, you know, he, that, that part of it really has already happened. I mean, there's a, a huge following in, in the Pacific Rim. For him and for all all the, all those players that have come over here, and that way it's growing. Um, we'll see. I just you just want him to stay on the field. He seems like a really good guy, and he's got a great sense of humor. He's what you want. He's, you know, I, I know the Angels manager Brad Osmond very well, and he said, you know, he's just what you want 
in a major league player in every way. Let's end on this, the baseball. I ask everybody this. I mean, we, we all know the home run, the all-time home run number for a single season was broken yesterday. Each month we've had a record for home runs. Every day they look at how many home runs are hit. Every record that you could think of has been broken. Will the baseball stay the same, or do you think it will change in 2020? It will change in 2020. Here's the problem. These changes that have happened have been organic. You know, it wasn't a conspiracy. And I think the, the, the fear factor among baseball, and, and Commissioner Manfred has said this, is that if you start monkeying intentionally with the baseball, we know what's wrong with the baseball. It, the pill is centered more than it ever has been before. It's made better than ever before in that cuts down on the drag. But if you start monkeying with the ball, you don't know what the outcome could be. You could have a team hit 10 home runs. We could go back to the dead ball era, and they've experimented. They bring different balls around in spring training with more tack and, and all of that. So, yes, they would like to change it, but this is a very delicate game because, I mean, just like, you know, Justin Verlander can stick his hand into a bag full of baseballs and pull out a 2019 version. Buck Showalter used to be able to do that. Um it's so sensitive that just any little change can have consequences far beyond what we predict uh, or expect. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. But, yes, it, it will change. Well, I, there's something that I say all the time, whether it's a home run, a touchdown, or a three-point shot, you never hear fans booing that. Scoring, that fans love scoring. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Yes, and that's one of the things Commissioner Manfred has said. He said, the first part of the conversation has to be, do we want to change our fans like home runs? Richard, always appreciate your time. Keep up the great success, MLB.com, and watching on the MLB Network, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. Richard Justice from MLB.com. Yeah, this bullpen thing is going to be interesting in the postseason. And there's been a lot of talk about the ball. But there should be because the numbers are so out of whack. But like he said, you're not going to go to a point to where the ball's mush and now teams are hitting no home runs. You know, we've already been fed the drug. They fed us this drug. They're not going to take this drug away. Every single time an ace player hits a home run, what does our crowd do? They go nuts. What happens when the A's are on the road and the other team hits a home run? They go nuts. We like home runs. Home runs are awesome. The old saying, chicks dig the long ball. It's what it is. I mean, think about Verlander. Verlander has given up a bazillion home runs this year, but he's got 18 wins. He's got a 2.52 ERA. So when he was the American League Cy Young Award winner and MVP, he had 24 wins and a 2.40 ERA. That was a long time ago. In the live ball era, and think, these two guys pitched in an era where something was going on. Now, I do agree. I don't think it's fishy, the, the baseball. That's why I always compare it to golf. Golf is always trying to make their equipment better. Is it for the players? No. It's because they need to sell equipment. Titleist sells balls. Titleist sells clubs. That's how their business isn't supplying PGA Tour guys. They stay alive and make all that money because of schmoes like me buying Pro Vs. That's how they make their money. The golf balls are the number one thing sold in golf. And every single time I'm out playing golf and somebody's off looking at the golf ball for their ball for long, I said, hey, stop looking for it. They make new ones every day. Let's go. But they've just made the ball better, just like golf. How about this? I'll leave you with this. In the live ball era, only one qualified pitcher has a better whip than Verlander. His whip currently is 0.77. The only guy, Pedro Martinez, 
0.74 in 2000. And he that's the steroid era. This is the juice ball era. That's the steroid era. All right, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live. What a show. Richard Justice and Buster Olney. We're going to be back tomorrow. Dave Cavill's going to join us and David Forrest. But coming up next will be A's All Night, and I'll be back on A's Cast and 860 AM The Answer, getting you ready with A's Total Access. The A's are going for three of four. Don't you go anywhere. We got A's baseball for you all day right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 